This one I just saw is to maintain continuity and to be true to black and white. Paul Bettany was painted blue so that the contrast in black mm. and white was accurate. Awesome. All right. Uh-uh. Are you ready? Uh-uh. I gotta put my teeth in. Keep that in. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Josh, here with Lacey and Rashawn. We, weird. I don't like it. Doesn't it doesn't sound right. <laughs> we are without Mella this week. She'll be back next week. You'll be missed. She's in the hex. <laughs> because today is a special episode. We're going to jump right into it. It is our, I think, first ever not explicitly movie episode, right? Yeah. I have an argument for that. Oh, <laughs> Save it. Save it. What are we arguing about today? We're talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe's WandaVision. We now have first-person intel from inside the Westview anomaly. What are we looking at here? Is it an alternate reality, time travel? It's a sitcom. Starring two Avengers? That's a working theory. Apron is a bit much, dear, but I am doing my best to blend in. Hello, dear. Hiya, kid. Hiya, kiddo. Life moves pretty fast out in the suburbs. I think something's wrong here. <laughs> Should we just take it from the top? Wanda, Wanda. I don't know how any of this started. What is outside of Westfield? WandaVision is a nine-episode miniseries developed by Disney and Marvel. It stars Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, Paul Bettany as Vision, Catherine Hahn as Agnes, Tayana Paris as Monica Rambeau, Josh Stamberg as director, Tyler Hayward, and many, many others taking place in the events after Avengers Endgame, after Vision's death, Wanda has seemingly snapped uh the small town of westview new jersey has turned into this picturesque sitcom haven episode after episode things start to go awry until it's found out that wanda has essentially made this city through grief through her own her own powers and the fallout from that revelation before we get into the obvious spoilers of the episode real quick overall thoughts big fan Obviously, I'm biased, but I also think Elizabeth Olsen is one of our generation's greats. I dig the whole vibe. Overall thought is, fuck yeah. <laughs> That's my overall thought. Um, What is it you guys say? It, you put it on the platter and I... I eat it all up. I am a very casual superhero fan I don't know anything beyond what you share with me very kindly, but Scarlet Witch and Elizabeth Ocean. (laughs) Oh, no. Frank Ocean. Scarlet Witch played by Frank Ocean. (laughs) Danny Ocean. (laughs) Elizabeth Olsen, Wanda, and Paul Bettany's vision have been my favorite part of every Marvel movie that they've been in, especially their stuff together so this feels like it was wrapped up in a nice little bow just for me and i am probably katherine hahn's number one fan i love her um you have to get through me first yeah i will <laughs> i will <laughs> i just i had a, such a great time um it it was not the typical marvel experience i don't think but i think that was to its advantage and i really enjoyed it for what it was Sean. <laughs> hey, you guys. 
So actually three for three. I also loved WandaVision. It is going to sound for the next hour or so that I like I don't, but I want to state very clearly that that is not the case. Okay, my friends. Okay, mm. my friends. Mm. You guys are looking at me, but you're not <laughs> listening to me. <laughs> I'm hearing you, but I'm not listening. You're not. I dig it. I, I dug Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Catherine Hahn. Agatha is just one of the best characters to come out of the MCU, I think, so far. The aesthetic, Pleasantville, David Lynch. I love it. I dig it. I left the series after the finale we just watched feeling a little dissatisfied and i'll talk about why as lacy rolls her eyes <laughs> but overall i will also say fuck yeah question mark <laughs> question mark instead of an exclamation point yes all right hit that spoiler bumper before this tale bloody revenge reaches its climax I have a few unanswered questions. It's our little secret. My girlfriend already seen the movie. She said they don't need to stay together in the end. So there's a lot to unpack. So I, I first, let's talk about the theme. Obviously, eras of television. It starts off, yeah, so it starts off in the 50s and each episode progresses into a different era of television. I Love Lucy, Brady Bunch later on. There's Malcolm in the Middle, even into Modern Family. I think universally, whether or not anyone had any issues with the story, performances somehow, whatever, I think as far as I know, this was sort of universally praised as probably the best thing they did. If I'm wrong, please chime in. But I think... <laughs> the show or the MCU? The show. Like oh, the show, Okay. The show handled... And the performers, I think, handled the eras definitely. I can't imagine as a performer and director and even as a crew member how fun this must have been. So my question is, did you have a favorite episode just from a TV era theme standpoint? I personally, I don't know if it's because I like them so much, but I fucked with the late 90s, early 2000s era, the Malcolm in the Middle, sort of sort of rambunctious youngster of the family breaking the fourth wall. And that's the TV I grew up with, so maybe I'm a little biased, but that was my favorite. It's hard to separate just the aesthetic, but I, I guess I would say the first two episodes. If we're just talking aesthetic and what they pulled off, the fact that they shot those in front of an audience. Those, Did they actually, or was it just a laugh track? At least the first two were shot in front of an, a live audience. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just on style and, and concept alone, the first two episodes were, were pretty boss for me. It was episode number two for me, the bewitched style. We're getting minor cracks in Wanda's armor in that episode. I think that's the one with the radio. It's where we're introduced to... Monica, Geraldine, the shenanigans of Wanda and Vision both having to conceal their magic, but then they have the talent show and, you know, they're doing a magic show and Wanda having to conceal Vision. And I'm all for that kind of slap happy good time. Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought, you know what, I look I look pretty good today. I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident. And then you turn on your TV and you see someone like Tayona Paris. And then you're like, wait, I'm a, I'm a dog. <laughs> I'm the ugliest human on earth. Sorry, this whole show is just pretty people on parade. I mean, uh, speak the way they just look good in every decade. Mm-hmm. Gag mm -hmm. me. Kick you. <laughs> Speaking of, this show has quite a large supporting cast. It's obviously all about Wanda and Vision. But huge supporting cast, both in the citizens of Westview, but also the Marvel-connected universe outside of Westview in the S.W.O.R.D. facility. Did we have any standouts, good or bad, in the supporting cast category? Oh, Rashawn. <laughs> oh, what do you want? <laughs> standouts, uh, obviously, Tiana Paris is, is great. Yeah, getting to the, it. Just for no, the for me, the less said about what happens outside the hex, the better. And that's just there's like, an entire you mean just episode. Like, uh, yeah, episode three or four. Episode yeah, four. 
hold on. That's just it. entirely outside of the hex. Yeah. You didn't like no, that? Thank, no, thank you. No. I I did not. It was a no. retread that I we did not need. Yes, you did. You needed all of that. How are you supposed to know anything that's going on with Wanda if you don't know what's happening outside of it? You need the comparison. I don't want to know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> stay inside that stay inside the hex and tell me all that. I also feel though that that was a really great episode for Monica. That opening sequence with the hospital and all of the people made anything else they did that episode for me because I mean you don't consider what happens when everyone comes back in places like a hospital in places mm-hmm. like uh a, I don't know a, a ship I don't know <laughs> yeah I will say that snap everything leading up to it and the ramifications uh, the falling out they can milk that for the next however many years they want because it's so ripe for just like mm-hmm. yeah I'll always want to know what happened in those minutes that people disappeared and in those minutes when people came back because it's just so immediate and thrilling so yeah i agree with you Lacey. that that opening to that episode was just dynamite yeah that was one of my favorite scenes in the whole season is that little hospital scene because it it's easy to when you follow all these superheroes to not realize that like real people have to deal with the fallout of this shit like Mm -hmm. more than any of the superheroes will ever have to do Mm-hmm. and trying to be a doctor when all that happens because the, the there was some backlash because of like what if someone was in a plane and they got snapped and they got brought back are they just thousands of feet in the air yeah. and i don't know if it was the russo brothers or kevin feige or whatever had to release like a statement basically saying the hulk is smart enough that he would take that into consideration when he brought them all back <laughs> which seems like a little after the fact damage control but i digress a little bit. I think if you think a little too hard about it, sure, there are probably cracks in the armor. But that scene, the scene with Hawkeye in the beginning of Endgame, those are just great little nuggets of, of what they can mine out of that moment. Mm-hmm. So the internet has a new favorite person slash actor from this show. I don't know how privy you are, Grandpa. It's all on TikTok. You oh, you were talking to me as a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Are you aware? Um, it's not Catherine Ag- Agatha. Uh-uh. No. Oh no, then I don't know. Uh, young lady in the front. Call on me. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Woo. The internet has a new obsession with longtime character actor extraordinaire Randall Park as Jimmy Woo. So what TikTok you late? I've been watching Fresh Off the Boat for years. <laughs> This was our first argument off the mic about this was the performance of the recurring Marvel characters, specifically Randall Park as Jimmy Woo and Kat Dennings as Darcy Lewis. I initially thought they were great. And I think this is emblematic of my whole experience with this and you pulling me back down to earth every time. And I'll get into this a little bit more later. Is that from the card trick that he learned in between Ant-Man and now from just seeing Kat Dennings again from fucking a Thor movie a hundred years ago. I was very swept up in the emotion of, oh, this is so cool. And and this is okay. This, I don't, anyone that does this, anyone that this happened to, this is totally, this is not a bad thing because I did it, but I got swept up. I, I didn't look at it. I didn't look at it critically. I was just super excited to see these characters I knew. And I think that's what Marvel does best is that it doesn't matter what the situation is. If they dangle something or someone you know about in front of you, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> Then you raise your concerns with these characters and the situation as a whole, the sword base outside of the hex. And then I I rewatched most of the season with Sam and I started to see kind of what you were talking about. There's it's it there's a rhythm that the hex has that just kind of stumbles a little bit when you get outside the sword. And maybe that's intentional. Maybe it's supposed to sort of jar you awake inside of pull you out of this reality. And I get it. It's it's necessary with all of these movies. I think there are people who are not constantly online. There are people mm-hmm. who have never, ever spoken the word Mephisto, you know, who are that not. That ain't me. <laughs> who it's are me. Not, I'm people. <laughs> you are people, yeah. Who are not plugged into what Marvel has been mm-hmm. doing for the past 25 years and 
who maybe need that I don't want to call it hand-holding because that's just a little condescending, but they need the exposition. So I don't want to, I don't want to completely knock it, but I'm going to like lightly tap the door and be like, no, don't do that. <laughs> it's, and that's the thing. It's going to get harder and harder and harder with each passing Marvel movie. The The connective tissue of these movies, it's their greatest strength and I think soon might be their greatest weakness when everything becomes reliant on eight hours of previously watched media. Mm-hmm. It's going to get, you're going to start to lose people and it might get a little tricky. I think this was the tipping point of that. Yes. Yeah, and going forward too, because this is, has been stated as a direct lead into Dr. Strange two and Spider-Man three. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, it's going to get harder and harder specifically for the storytellers of this, for the, the writers and the directors. And Marvel is on top because they find some of the world's best storytellers and they're able to basically just hand them this precious porcelain egg along with a blank check. I mean, they're on top, period. I mean, I loved the kids. I thought Billy and Tommy were so precious. And to be that young and to carry that kind of Malcolm in the Middle energy in that episode was really impressive and really cute. I thought they had really great moments. I I love I loved them, but I also really enjoyed any of the side characters that Catherine Hahn Agnes interacted with in those like glitchy moments. His name's uh David Payton, who is Herb. That moment where he kind of comes out of it and is with Agnes and they're having that moment where they're concealing things from Paul Bettany and then he goes right back into well see you later neighbor it's hard to pick out I mean obviously Deborah Jo Rupp flawless in everything that she did and I was glad that she wasn't just a one-off in that one episode that she kept getting brought back even for just non-speaking moments in the series because she's that good incredible the citizens of Westview I think crushed it Whenever they were given the opportunity to shine, they destroyed. And then the emotional pathos that they were able to provide in the finale also hit really well. And I think all of them did great. My Buffy loving heart when Emma Caulfield showed up, I was just very, very happy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, her moment in that last episode, too, is so... That's the real human Mm. moment. That's just sad, especially after Dottie being kind of the antagonistic blonde Stepford wife, you know, character that we've seen throughout Mm -hmm. to see that really vulnerable moment from her was really, really lovely. All right. (laughs) Now, there's a character we haven't mentioned yet, and that is Evan Peters. Yup. Originally playing Pietro question mark, or is he a dude named Boner? (laughs) I'm going to be honest, I, I, none of that bothered me. I, I think, like I said, again, if you're not plugged in, if you're not constantly on Twitter, it, it's a really cool nod to what the X-Men did at over at Fox, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it seems in retrospect like a, like a troll, but it, if you look at it now, I think, it, I think they were trying to just do something really cool and like wink to the audience because they know that the X-Men are now in the hands of Kevin Feige. So, I don't know. And and he also shows up at the end of my favorite episode. So, I don't know. I'm not too mad about what what they did with him. No, oh, I loved it. I loved it. The only thing I'm bummed about with it is I'm worried that that's the end of the line for him. And one, I think Evan Peters is super talented. Two, I think his Quicksilver, his, what's his name? Pietro, Pietro. I, I think it's so good and it's so different from what's happening with the other characters. But I loved it. I mean, sign me up. Okay, here we go. So, one, I loved it. I think Evan Peters is great. I think this is the other issue that, like you said, especially those that are plugged in, that Marvel is going to start running into, that Star Wars ran into head first and the fallout as we saw, was pretty brutal, is that the internet moves faster than any media could write. So the moment Evan Peters shows up on screen, you have 1,500 half-hour-long YouTube videos dissecting 
down to the color of the shoelaces. What he is, who he is, what he's going to be, what he means to the show, with MCU as a whole. The Dottie scene at the pool. I saw countless thumbnails of breakdowns of that scene. And I think the problem is, and I, I caught myself doing this, I was one of them. Rashawn tried to tell me to stop. I didn't. <laughs> okay. Lacey tried to tell me to stop. I didn't. And then it happened. It was just it just kind of clicked some point last the second to last episode. It's easy as a fan because I mean I grew up reading Marvel comics. I still read them. It's easy to get wrapped up because I know so much and there's so much potential in all of these projects. But it's so important as fans to just sit back and let these storytellers tell a story. And I think I may have inadvertently ruined some of my own experience. I was my own worst enemy when it came to WandaVision because there were so many things I wanted to see happen and so many things I was told might happen. And I was like, hell yeah, that when they didn't, I moved on, but there was a, even a split second moment of disappointment that should not have been there. There was no reason I should be disappointed at any of these moments. Yeah, I think this is how I felt watching lost in real time mm-hmm. i was i was a big lost fan and that show is just theories on top of theories on top of theories and season long 22 episode arcs where the mystery was just who's what's the smoke monster the polar bear what's in the <laughs> what's in the hatch what you know and to see that condensed into a nine episode you know eight week series I was like, I can't, I'm not going to do this you know, because yeah. I, I enjoyed Lost until the end. I know it's kind of controversial now, but I could see that kind of happening around episode three. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to let it happen because I'm, I'm not a, as big a comic fan as you. I read X-Men and Batman and that was about it. So I was just like, I, I know about House of M. I know, you know, Wanda and Pietro, but I can't. I can't let my mind wander because it will. And then I'll end up episode nine. I'm going to be like, this is not what I wanted, but this is what they gave you. Can I say too, as a not Marvel super fan, just a casual viewer, something like that too, I feel would have done a disservice to Wanda and Vision and what Mm -hmm. Wanda is going through. This wasn't a vehicle for for Easter eggs. This wasn't a a vehicle to introduce new Marvel characters to the universe. This was Wanda's story. The quote unquote, what is it, eight year later origin story for her. You know, this is where she really leaps into her identity as this, the Scarlet Witch. So I, I personally feel that adding in, you know, the theories where what Mephisto and Mr. Fantastic or whoever he is, like, any of that just would have undercut her experience. And the root of this whole series is love and grief and loss and rage. And there was no lack of enjoying the experience because there was no big like, ooh, for me. You know what I mean? So here's where we disagree. Because I think that it was both. I do think that there it was carrying some of that who's going to be at the door there are easter eggs there's a fly on the window seal what can you find i do think there is a little bit of that that kind of fed into the comeback next week to see if what you thought is going to happen is going to happen and and that's fine i agree with you but i disagree with you no i <laughs> because i, I because I agree with you. I think there were definitely those moments where the the creators were leading you in a direction or hinting at things. But to actually go into, oh, yeah, he's actually Mephisto disguised as her brother, recast, that would have detracted for me. I don't know. For me, anything more than what was contained within these eight, nine episodes Mm -hmm. would have been too much as a casual viewer gotcha and i'm in in between of the in between i think that i think the (laughs) difference is marvel has always had easter egg hunts i think that's something they've always had and they'll always have going forward but i think what's happened is the line has now blurred between what is a easter egg or what is a a plot point 
what furthers the story, what's going to come back later, as opposed to, you know, oh, this house number is uh, house number 14, because in X-Men 14, that was when Wanda met Vision. Like, shit like that. There's there's a difference, I think, between Easter eggs and actual connective story tissue and, and things that you need to keep an eye on for later on. Mm-hmm. And I think that line is starting to get blurred. And maybe it's because we hadn't had a Marvel property in a year and everyone's stuck at home on the internet and it, mm. they, it just compounded on top of each other. But I, I, w- I also fell for it in that I let this Easter egg hunt be more than just that. And when I got the Easter egg, I expected to find a full-size candy bar inside instead of just a Hershey's kiss. Look at the metaphor. Look at the metaphor. <laughs> we love it. We love a metaphor. This has been really sweet. Um, been too so, nice for 30 minutes. Let's I go. know. Fuck that. Uh, so, Lacey, you said that this is, at the end of the day, this is about Wanda's, exploring Wanda's grief from losing vision. I didn't Agreed. just say grief. No, I'm, I'm saying I I'm agree. already on the defense. My prickles I know. are out. <laughs> what did you say? What did you say? I Play back. Love, grief, loss, and rage, I think. Rage. Great. I want to focus in on the loss and the grief and the rage because I what left me dissatisfied at the end is the feeling that I've been honestly I'm going to say that I have a little bit of MCU fatigue and this is another example of of a really great concept and a really awesome character study that is trapped inside the necessity to keep moving. Endgame was such a great cap of this journey for so many people. And then it's like, okay, that happened. And now we got to keep going because we got another story to tell. And here comes some more big bads. And so I understand how important this series was for Wanda. But I feel ultimately like everything happened and then nothing happened at all. And that is a very unfair read, but that is how I came away feeling like, yes, she defeated Agatha, but she's keeping her locked up locked up for whatever later project she's going to come in. Yes, she dealt with her loss of vision, but now there's a different alternate vision that has flown off into the universe and will be back. Like what happened there? And why didn't Vision tell Wanda that this... That would have been a really beautiful moment. Like she lost, she says goodbye to her kids, but then we get an end credit sequence where she hears her kids screaming. And so we're going to see her find her kids again. And so it's, this is almost like the problem I had with Wonder Woman, where it's like, you're, you're giving me these awesome, beautifully hurtful moments where, where these characters are dealing with loss and accepting something that's so final like death and only to reverse it with comic book logic and that's where it loses me is is this going to matter in a year when paul bettany's still playing vision her kids are back and then agatha makes a reappearance yes because she's gonna be so much stronger because (sighs) she made the choice to sacrifice for humanity instead of herself for sean what does the sacrifice mean if he's back that's not vision she doesn't know she doesn't know either and it's not her vision. It's not human vision with blood and bones and tears. It's not But her. neither was the vision that she just said goodbye to. He was a synthesoid. Hey, referee, I'm calling Wait, in the middle. Wait, no, hold up. No. In the last episode, she says, he, he says, what am I? And she says, you're this, you're this, but you're also my love. You're, you're blood and bones. He cries a tear, a real tear. So yeah, like, I saw the tears. <laughs> that's her no it wasn't real vision but that was her like that's her manifestation in its purest form what he was to her and she's not gonna get that back and she sacrificed that i know i i love that i felt that moment so hard i don't want to see vision anymore after that i don't care if he's white black blue yellow skittles i don't care i don't want to see vision anymore because you because you devastated me with this beautifully tender goodbye she said goodbye to him three different times she took his brain out in infinity war and now she's saying goodbye to him again leave him alone they didn't say goodbye they didn't say goodbye 
He said well, so long this time. He said so long or see line, you later. He said so long. And then the line, we'll say hello again, implies that she'll meet White Vision. But I want to circle back a little bit, Rashawn. What's Who up? Who would you cast as Black Vision? <laughs> <laughs> Myself. So that's the thing, though, is if you think everything happens and nothing happens, I, I get what you're saying, especially with the Vision argument. I get that. Mm-hmm. But undeniably things have moved forward. The world as a whole has moved forward. Do you just mean nothing has happened in Wanda's world? Because <sighs> I mean, nothing happened and everything happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything happened, but the con- yeah, I, I case in point, to- case in point, we're getting a Loki TV series. You know what I mean? Loki is a great villain. Loki mm-hmm. is fantastically played. I love Tom Hiddleston. I'll drink his bathwater. But <laughs> <laughs> but we saw him do his trick his little treats through Thor <laughs> 1 and 2 and then he gets killed in Infinity War and then he's back in Endgame and now he's in another dimension he stole the um Tesseract and now he's getting a new TV show you know what i mean like it's a constant cycle where i feel like his death in Infinity War at the beginning is meant to be so final and tell you what a threat Thanos is but y'all giving this motherfucker on the TV show. You know so what I mean? It's a, it's a consequences thing. It's it yeah, it's it's the final, it's the it's the finality, yeah. Of of what these characters are doing. You say you read Batman and X-Men growing up. I knew this. I knew you were gonna say this. What's up? I know have, people there die. There have not been a single more resurrected group of comic book characters <laughs> except for maybe Hawkeye than the X-Men. And I, I, know. I I'm not saying I'm not saying because comic thematic bits and moments are a lot different than film and I Much. I I yeah. And I I want to side with you, but I also don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, just side with me. No. So <laughs> because I think it's about I want to work I want to work this properly cuz I want to win. Because I, I understand what you're saying, that, that they're, the stakes seem to be lower, especially when someone like Loki is involved, when suddenly, you know, okay, he's back, he's back, he's back. But Marvel has proved that they're willing to, like Pietro, Aaron Taylor Johnson's Pietro, is gone, he's dead. Pietro as a whole is gone and dead. It wasn't, he wasn't Pietro brought back to life, he was some dude named Boner, who was given super speed temporarily can we get a boner count for how many times josh is gonna say it just because he can in this episode <laughs> correct yes <laughs> it's a it's a it's a nice word it's round it's two syllables boner it starts off nice with word it starts off with a, a, a boner it's plosive. it's great <laughs> plosive. thank you my plosive boner um oh my god so i think it comes down to the main cast, unfortunately. Speaking of endings and finality and stuff, what about the Steve Rogers arc? How, like, is something like that? Hmm. Um, I, I, because there were rumblings that they want to bring Captain America back. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like it for now. But if they pull some <laughs> comic book shit and they try to bring them back, I don't know. Because at least he, as someone who does not read comic books at all, does that not bug you at all? Where you're like, hey, I, th- I watched this person die. Like, what's happening? Uh, here's what I will say. Tony and Steve's, I'm on a first name basis with them because it's been, yeah, what, like yes. 10 years? Um, <laughs> <laughs> both of their finales to me as a casual viewer, that has to be the end for them. Because, one, it's what Steve wanted all along. Like, all he wanted was to get back to Peggy and live his life with Peggy. Tony's, he he died a true selfless hero, which is the complete opposite of the person he started the whole series as. It, the sacrifice that Tony makes and, and the, the beautifully wrapped up love story of Steve and Peggy, like, that's... That's in the writing to me. Like they, the writers gave that to those two characters. We don't mm-hmm. have that here yet. That's right. not. That's not what they're doing here yet. So 
nothing. No, but he Vision has to come back because I need him to come back. Wait, he has <laughs> to come back. White Vision, that... we need more Vision. We need no, more. No, we don't. Yes, we do because his story's not over, Rashawn. But, so if White Vision was just floating around in the world, you'd rather have that? White Vision should have got his head yeeted off in the finale. <laughs> and and sh- how much more devastating would that be if to us, yes, to not to Wanda because she has no idea, but to us, if we're like, this is it. There is no way, shape, or form that she's going to see Vision in any capacity once she says goodbye to him in this house. We already experienced that at the end of Endgame. He, he's gone for good, and he's not coming back. But that but they're all, that's also going to be a nugget in our head because Scarlet Witch was able to bring him back once. Why can't she bring him back? Because, because the, that's the character growth. Knowing that she's able to and not doing it is, is the arc that I want to see. Um. <laughs> can I can I jump back in because I if I don't say it now my fingers have been crossed this whole time because I was like you have to remember to say this okay this I'm like way backtracking and I'm sorry but talking earlier about Easter eggs and like all of the 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 possibilities for characters being brought into this series if we had done a Mephisto if we had done another big reveal. I personally feel that would have detracted not just the reveal of Agnes and not just the reveal that, oh, Agnes isn't her mentor. Like, she's bad, bad. I feel like that would have, like, really undercut everything that Catherine Hahn did as this character throughout the whole series. She's a bad bitch. Let her be a bad bitch. I think the next episode after her reveal really undermined that character to me. How so? So the second to last episode? When she takes Wanda through the through her memories. I just it's such a great build up. Agatha all along is a bop. We already yeah. know. <laughs> and then she spends the next episode kind of being an exposition machine for Wanda. And I, I just I don't even right now I don't know what Agatha's end game was. Endgame. To take her powers to be the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. But why does she wait so long? Because Wanda doesn't know what the powers are. Like, she, the, this whole time, there it's like this undefined, untapped thing. And Wanda's never used her powers at Agnes. And as, again, I know nothing, Marvel people, I know nothing. But in every instance that we see Agatha taking power, it's when other witches are already projecting their power onto them, like or onto oh. her. What's to stop Agatha from just walking in and and battling Scarlet? You know what I mean? I I didn't. It's a little muddled for me why Agatha is the big bad. I get that she wants to absorb her powers and and become what the Scarlet Witch has, but it. I don't know. It's a little fuzzy for me. And I know I'm people walking. are probably yelling at their <laughs> radio or iPod right now. But <laughs> I want to walk back on myself for a second, actually, because I think that whole episode where she's walking Wanda through, I don't know that she necessarily wants to take the powers from Wanda. She's like trying to figure out where her pow- where that power came from so that she can get it for herself. I don't know that it's necessarily pointed at I I want to take your powers from you until Wanda starts fighting back and Wanda isn't acquiescing like well she wanted to strike a deal at first she said give me your power and I'll I'll take it I know how to use it I'll set you up for good in Westview and you can just live your life and I'm gonna peace out Hmm. yeah it's yeah it just felt it felt a little flat for me with how great Agatha and Catherine are. Because some of that exposition is necessary. Is there a line for you? Is it just every other scene? Because some of that you needed to see. And some of that was a hard retcon. Some of that was a hard like retelling of the origin of Scarlet Witch. They sort of changed some of the stuff that was done in previous movies. Right, because in Age of Ultron, it's pretty much like she got her powers from experimentation. Yeah, it's it said that when Hydra experimented on her with the Mind Stone. That's with the Mind Stone. 
how yeah, she but and we, Pedro got the powers. But we see her using it at in the explosion mm-hmm. to protect And then her. it's yeah. revealed that the Mind Stone just sort of unlocked it for her. Right. Yeah, I I, I don't know. The, the week-to-week format, I agree... Please don't yell at me, listeners. I get it. Like, I'm <laughs> a fan of the week-to-week format, but I think if you're going to do that, I, I think these episodes needed to be a little bit more like a full episode, in my opinion, because it, it didn't, at times it didn't feel like I was getting a full episode of television so much as like the next step in a very long flick. Would you have rather had maybe like four hour long episodes or five hour long episodes instead of nine 35 minute episodes maybe i I don't i don't know what the solution is but i i know that after that great reveal and the theme song you're ready for something propulsive shenanigans you're ready for shit to (laughs) you know get nuts instead of going forward we go backwards and I, I storytelling wise for me it doesn't work. Okay, I feel that. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> there was a few moments of this show that like especially with Vision specifically where they they pumped the brakes and the screenwriters gave it all they got and they had Vision say something profound. That happened like two to four times. There was the mm-hmm. what is love what is love what is grief if not love persevering. Persevering. Mm-hmm. There was my personal favor the visions discussing the ship of theseus the grief line i i know <laughs> twitter was just it up in arms memed it line. immediately <laughs> <laughs> and some i mean some people were like this line is so deep some people were like shut up the mcu sucks i got it to me that line wasn't so much a, as a deep line as it was very revealing about who vision is as a being Mm-hmm. It seemed more like a, a sentient being trying to understand a human emotion. Yeah. And less of a final statement about love because he doesn't understand love or grief. He's just, he's trying to parse it out because Wanda's grieving Pietro so hard. And and he just is this trove of quotes and, and philosophy. Knowledge. Knowledge, yeah. I think they, I think the writers at Marvel have done a really good job of exploring what it's like for an ai synthesoid to sort of gain sentience and sort of start to understand emotion and get a wife and kids and sort of figure that out as it goes sometimes marvel fans and comic book fans can get a little ravenous for action and like you said the next the next thread in the quilt so i think it's nice when when a project forces someone or forces the viewer to slow down and realize that the reason you care about these characters is because they have emotion and here's why. And I think we that's really highlighted in this last episode where he's up against White Vision and he he's trying to stall him. He's trying to, I don't remember exactly what our quote unquote Vision says. And then White Vision takes that pause and... I request el- elaboration. Like, yeah. you, like <laughs> you really said, Tama, 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 Tama. But like, we're so used to seeing vision like this now that it's hard to remember where that AI started from. So I think they, they showcased that really nicely in this last episode. And Paul Bettany showcased, oh my God, Rashawn! He should have killed him. No. I want, I want, I want permanent consequences where in the comics i love picking up a new issue and seeing that they brought superman back to life or that Jean gray is back in film in television this medium in my opinion i want death to feel final yeah it, it I'll, I'll i'll side with you a little bit that it helps with the stakes that obviously when i'm watching a spider-man movie i know he's going to survive the fight. It's finding the stakes in the comic book world. And I think to Vision, it's a little tricky because he's an android. Like, he, he's, a, he's a machine. But I agree with some of the, with like Billy and Tommy, for example. And who knows, there may be, you know, I don't want to give too much away because of this is still pretty in line with Billy and Tommy in the comic books. And sure. there are some people that don't want to know that. So I'm not going to say what, but it's still pretty in line with their story. Marvel also got a lot of flack for doing that early on. They, you know, they killed every villain that showed up until Loki, or with the exception of Loki. And I think sometimes it's hard to find a happy medium of 
maybe you don't always have to kill the villain, but also the hero should suffer. Yeah, I'm not. So I'm I not think... saying kill people yeah. left and right. Like I don't want them to kill Wanda. <laughs> kill Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> but that thank you for choosing me to be your mom. That line is devastating, and you see Tommy and Billy sitting in bed as the hex is closing behind them in the window. I just want that to mean something other than wait till you see what happens next. But this is where yell at me. I yell at me. I diverge from you two because it still does mean something. It, the this for Wanda, whether or not I don't know whether we hop into alternate realities. Whether you know, I don't know what the future holds for her because again. But, <laughs> but that's, I mean, she's still sacrificing both of her children and her husband, whether they're manifestations or they're real flesh and blood right in front of her. Like she's been living in this and th- this is her ideal. And, and so I don't know. I'm a, I, I feel that loss with her in this final episode because She's still experiencing it. She's still having to make that choice and go through it. Yeah. And I mean, and she does. She makes that choice and she accepts that loss. But then the hex closes. She's puts her hood on and all these people of Westview are looking at her like you just took up. I'm guessing it's like a week's worth of my life in in the show. Probably give or take. Yeah, that's kind of what I assumed. Yeah. And I mean, she completely enslaved them and then she just kind of flies away and the last we see of her she's trying to write she's trying to correct what she did you know what i mean like she she said goodbye to them at the expense of these the people of westview's lives and then she's like well i'm still gonna go find them you know so that's i guess that's what i mean where that growth would have her not looking for them I don't think well, she's looking for them. I don't think that's the That's point. the last thing we hear. But that's not what she was looking after. She was reading the Book of the Dead to become a more powerful and knowledgeable witch. And then she hears them. That's not what she was seeking out. Okay. That, no, that's hella fair. Then I guess to the writers, quit. <laughs> <laughs> quit because they're they were gone and it, it devastated me so stop it <laughs> but i know that we have to get to the next thing and it's it's frustrating well, it's then wh- very frustrating what's, what drives her forward then if she's if she no longer wants to seek out these kids or or vision what drives her what what becomes her motivating i don't know because but i do know that the, closing this chapter for her makes her a stronger fully developed character but pulling her back into this mindset of wait my kids are alive in some dimension i need to go look for them is a retread okay uh point to both (laughs) Uh, is there is there anything we missed we i'm sure there is before we hop into this game i want to say my favorite scene which is in episode five which is just everything the show is doing and working with is when Vision discovers that or begins to suspect that Wanda is controlling everything mm-hmm. and they have this really domestic human argument and she tries to end the show. That mm-hmm. gee, that mm. mm-hmm. that is like WandaVision for me. Everything before and after, we can argue about it all day, but that moment where she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this. The show's over, and they, he, she's like, No, you have to talk to me. I'm your husband. You are my wife. And it's just, ugh, her, I love her it. forcibly running the credits. It's Jessica. so good. Mm-hmm. That was a fantastic. So, so good. All right, who wants to play a game? Me. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. guessing game. Okay, WandaVision, obviously. Huge sitcom themes throughout. And also the Scarlet Witch, her chaos magic is reality warping. So we are going to warp the reality 
of some of our sitcoms. Before we started recording, I told you guys to think of a sitcom you would change if you could, whether it's the, the era, it's a big theme also in WandaVision, of course, is the era of television, or if it's just a thematic something along the storylines or the casting or whatever. If you could alter the reality of a sitcom, what would you do? I will go first in case the rules were unclear. <laughs> so we all know I have an issue with following rules. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, cut back to the Christmas Carol episode. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't, don't listen to it. You'll hate me. I would change a sitcom that came out in 2014. One of the worst reviewed sitcoms, maybe of all time. And that is Mulaney. Starring John oh. Mulaney. Mm-hmm. And Martin Short. If you know me at all, you know I love John Mulaney. I will just speak in John Mulaney quotes without ever explaining it. I think he's one of the best comedic writers in the game, if not ever. And even I couldn't make it past episode two of this sitcom. And I, Lacey knows, I I tried. I gave it everything I had. It just didn't work. And I think the biggest issue is they just tried to be Seinfeld. It was just, it started with him giving a, a, a one of his bits, then it cut to the bunch of wacky friends in a New York apartment. The episode is loosely based to his stand-up bit, and here we go. So I would keep John Mulaney, I would keep Martin Short, I would keep Nassim Pedrad even, she's fantastic. I would just warp it, I'd send it 10 years into the past. Shit, I'd send it 20. John Mulaney might be too young. <laughs> I'd keep them all the same age. I'd send it back because I think it just, it, 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 it came out too late. It tried to be a sitcom from the late 90s, early 2000s. And this was in an era where Modern Family was at the height of its power and didn't stand a chance. So I would send Mulaney back in time to give him a more successful sitcom. Point me. Who's next? Rashawn, you go next. Maybe I misunderstood the assignment. Oh my god! Oh, no, okay. me too. I can go if you want. I can go. Okay, okay. So I picked one TV show, and I I wanted to change it thematically, but I could also bump it in a year, not a year, but I could bump the years. I could change the time period. Let's hear them both. Okay, I would love to see the Adams family done again. The old TV show is so great and it's so funny and it's so weird and very like it has everything you love about the creepy crawly Adams family but like in that Dick Van Dykean era of shenanigan TV and sitcom and black and white I would love one of two things one I would love to see it done in the 80s where the whole world around them is like Technicolor disco, like everything's bright and poppy and energetic. And then we have this, like, really, you know, house on the hill, dark Adams family crew, and how they're navigating the world of technology slowly advancing and that world around them. And I think just, I use this word too much. This is going to be my new, like, word on the word wall, but the juxtaposition of the bright, big hair environment of the 80s with the muted tones and the solemn environment of the Adams family would be really cool to would, see. Would you keep the show in black and white or would you have it color? So I, I, for this one, I feel like it would have to be in color to have that like change. I mean, I mean the show could be in color and every set piece costume hair piece of the Adams family would be in black and white. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Cool. That's really cool actually. Yeah. <laughs> So that was idea number one. Now, idea number two was keeping it in the time period that it was, but having it be the 1D Adams family and changing it from the one weird quirky family in a neighborhood of Stepford Wives and, you know, perfect families and flipping that on its head and having it be mm-hmm. the like perfect housewife, pink and frilly family moving into a neighborhood that's this spooky weird I love that neighborhood you know and having to deal with the werewolf that lives down the street and the zombie that lives upstairs in their attic I would love to see especially in that black and white true sitcom era of tv how funny and cool that would have been you know Rashawn cut this out why don't one of you guys write this let's make bank (laughs) (laughs) 
I love that. The Adams family boat with one D. All right, Sean. Okay. Um, sorry if I misunderstood the assignments. Uh, you're warping reality. You can do whatever you want. You're the Scarlet Witch. Beautiful. I love it. Chaos magic. Um, my sitcom is Thirty Rock. Oh shit. Okay. One of my one of my favorite shows of all time. Period. Dot com slash gov. Uh. (laughs) But so uh, 30 Rock, if you, of course, is Tina Fey's sitcom. It's set at a fictional late night sketch show that is based on Saturday Night Live. But for this retelling, re-altering, I would set it in the early 90s. And instead of a Saturday Night Live-ish show, it would be in Lemon Color. Oh, fuck yeah. Ooh. Yo. Our Liz Lemon would be the one and only Regina Hall. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Jack Donaghy would be Jackie Donaghy, played by Jack A. Harry. (laughs) (laughs) Their Jenna would be played by Crazy Rich Asians, Ronnie Chang. Glenn Powell, Damon Wayans Jr. to call back to a living color. And just crazy, crazy, crazy hijinks of a late night show like In Living Color and Saturday Night Live, but with uh, this cast and with the I don't know if you've ever seen Regina Hall has a show on Showtime called Black Monday. No, I Don, want to. The is Don Cheadle's in that, right? Don Cheadle and Andrew Rannells. It's really good. Um, so it kind of have a little bit of that political slant too, because it's a black sketch show in the '90s, which is oh, probably a lot more difficult than it is right now. But everything would be the pretty much the same pace, the same humor, but with Regina Hall at the head. I love that. Love is that. the is the Tracy allegory? Is that Jim Carrey? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> Glenn Powell, I think, would yeah. dominate that. Yeah, y'all points all around. Look at we us. That, one. that was cool. We'll have Mella pick a favorite and let us know when she comes <laughs> back. Mella, if it's not me, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting mad at her, and she's not even here. Okay, wrapping things up. Seems like we come to the conclusion that the cast of WandaVision brings it. Obviously, the main cast, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Catherine Hahn, can do no wrong. We're a little wary of the connective tissue of the MCU as it's starting to become a very thick, sinewy tissue that may get a little too thick for its own good. We shall see. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo. It was Agatha all along, y'all. Yes, play as much of that as we can without getting in trouble. About two seconds. I'm scared of this. (laughs) (laughs) And I killed Sparky, too. (laughs) We end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation connecting this week's TV show to next week's movie. So, who can find the fastest connection between Elizabeth Olsen and the star of next week's film Devay Chase Can I use Wonder. a Marvel property that's not WandaVision? Yeah <laughs> Okay Oh Wait What? Damn Yeah Can I do it since Mel's not here? You know I'm the host? Go for it Let's go I got it mm. Go for it Elizabeth Olsen is in Avengers Civil War, Infinity War, whatever, with Jeremy Renner, who is in Mission Impossible Rogue Nation with Bing Rames, who is in Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> Hell yeah. Chase. Hell yeah. Good job. Damn. Okay, Google, play Hawaiian roller coaster ride. No, thank you. That's more Disney. We can't do that. We can't afford that. <laughs> Disney, sponsor us. I'll bankroll this episode, Rashawn. Don't worry about it. Okay, cool. Whole ass stimulus going to one episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we'd love if you took a moment and liked, subscribed, and rated us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out immensely. You can find this and all of our other episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at Cinephile Attack. 
And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or you just want to show some love, email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Josh. Lacey. Noah. No, okay. <laughs> I, thought, I thought about it too, but I didn't want to do it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. All four of us will catch you next week. Messing up everything. It's been Josh Utter all along. <laughs> and yeah. <he> killed Sparky too. <laughs> <laughs>